so I graduated high school 2010, you know, started investing like little bits of money, probably 2016. Not a lot of money, really. Uh, started investing real money, probably 2018 when I, you know, um, started actually working full time and paid off my student debt. And if there's one thing I know about the past 10 years, you know, one thing I've learned from, you know, university or my experiences, um, it's this. Everybody thinks the market's going to crash every year, all the time, all the time. And I know 2010s was literally like the bullish of all bull markets. Like it, it, it was the bullness you like like it was the balls it was the horns it was the face it was that bull literally like a bull nose ring it had every aspect of the bull it was the decade of the bull let's just rename it now let's do it it's official on this podcast the 2010s was the decade of the bull and i swear man every single year of the 2010s People were saying the market was going to crash. I don't think there was one year where people were like, nope, nope, it's going to rally. Every year there was bears in there. Every single year. In the most bull run decade of stock market history. But yet again, we're back at the table. And even after the market already dipped 35%, and the Nasdaq's already around 30% higher than it was last year. And the S&P 500 is about to reach back to all-time highs again. People are asking the very honestly logical question, is the stock market in the bubble? Are these stocks all overvalued? And when is it going to pop? And now listen, I call this the uneducated investor po- uneducated investor podcast for not only the reason that I can barely see the title of the podcast, but it's because I like to get uneducated. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, and I don't really have decent investment advice. But as my motto I put at the end of every podcast hints to, investing is about constantly learning and constantly adapting to what's changing and what's going on. And to be someone who bets against the market, now that's a loser's game. You, you are going to get destroyed. Even if you're right and you got it out of the market right before the crash is going to happen, that precedent of always thinking the market's about to crash and always pulling your money out of the market it's going to come out and bite you because as we all know, the market goes up 7% of the year, every year, and that's your expected return. So as long as your money's invested, you're probably going to get that 70%. Unless the American economy fails, then of course, you're, you're going to get zero and you're probably going to be a cannibal and you're probably going to have to eat half of the people you love and know anyway. Or you're probably actually going to get eaten most likely. So I digress. Is the stock market in a bubble? I am probably one of the most bullish people on the market, you know. My thoughts on the market this year is 
I did not expect it to bounce back this soon. I thought July was going to be all time highs. I thought COVID's going to rave two is going to come back in October, maybe see a scare down. But realistically, because an election has happening in November, because of all the uncertainty that's in the market, I predict there's going to be obviously just insane amount of volatility for not only this year, but the next year, the first year of the presidency. Um, COVID, no vaccine. We're going to see volatility for a long time to come. Just wild swings. 4% up, 7% down, 5% up, 8% down, 20% up, 10% down. We're going to see that for a long, long time. But all in all, I think we're going to see crazy bull runs. And I'm going to tell you why. The first thing is that we're now on a different economic philosophy you see before in a capitalist society we let businesses fail but now we don't do that we realize we don't have to do that you see when a business fails think about an airplane think about if the airplane industry really fails even if a new person was going to create planes again They're going to have to learn it. They're going to have to manufacture it. They're going to have to hire the people. You see, those years of them building up that business, it's going to take too long. Or the competition buying those assets is going to create less competition. It's better to get better people in the market. Let them take over those positions in that company than it is to just get rid of the company altogether. Could you imagine the electricity company went bankrupt, so then we just don't have electricity? Like, it almost doesn't even make sense. That's why you see the government, well, I guess the Fed, which isn't technically the government, but you see the Federal Reserve printing tons of money, buying a ton of useless corporate debt, and keeping the stock markets alive. Because stock market... It's really just large corporations. And when large corporations are doing healthy and good and everyone has a lot of faith in them. All in all, the stock market's going to go to all time highs. I mean, I think it's at one point eight trillion. They put out like within a couple months into the American economy. And with the Federal Reserve backing all those companies. And investors not only thinking the companies won't go bankrupt, but realize that this Fed has literally in their best interest to make their investors think that these companies will not go down. Well, then shoot, the only way to go is all time highs. Second point. I remember watching this great video and it was just a guy going around talking to people on the street. And he talked to this one guy and he asked him, you know, this guy was from Hong Kong and he asked him, hey, where are you thinking of investing? You know, he said real estate, he said some company, and then he asked his friend and his friend said U.S. dollars. And the guy said, really? He said, yeah, U.S. dollars. And I know a lot of Americans are listening to this podcast And they don't understand 
what a U.S. dollar really is because they're in America. But for a lot of countries, when there is any political risk, inflation risk, if there's any like government trying to oversee them or queues happening or something like that, the U.S. dollar is used as the as the reserve uh, currency. You would literally make money in your own currency and then convert it to U.S. dollars. So, you know, it's for sure going to hold its value. And throughout a lot of places, the U.S. dollar is that reserve currency. Now, think about when a pandemic happens and you don't know what's going to happen in your country. Some people are buying gold, but a lot of people are buying the U.S. dollar. It's literally the new gold standard. That's where everyone's putting the money. And when you have U.S. dollars, guess what you can buy? Only U.S. goods. That's essentially the only thing you have on the table is U.S. goods. And with all the U.S. dollars now in the market and everyone having to put their money in U.S. because they want it to be protected, they want it to be safe. Guess what they're buying? Stocks. So think about all those people with, you know, dual citizenships, all those people who visited the States for a bit, all those people who have access to U.S. stock markets. They're all putting their money in the U.S. And that's going to pump up the economy and have the U.S. economy outperform a lot of its people. And one of the things that really makes the U.S. economy great is you think about the second country that is really taking over right now. China. Now, as great as China is doing, as great as their economy is doing, there is very little political tra transparency and there's very little capital market transparency. Not the state's politics for what you will, but its system is beautiful. Its system is literally has two parties and each of them, it's in their best interest to expose all the wrongdoings the other party is doing. And they both represent big capital interests as well. What does that make? For it makes for the most transparent capital markets, which means that you can have faith that investing your money into a U.S. stock is going to be honored and that company is regulated, audited, and you're ensured that there's little funny business going on there. This is the main thing that's propping up the U.S. economy. It's not about which country it's not about are we as an a sorry sorry let me let me get this thing it's not about are we in a recession because we are two economies two quarters of slow growth it's officially a recession but it's more about which country or which stocks is going to outperform relative to the other countries or other stocks and right now when you think about the fastest growing companies most of them are in the u.s Tesla, Google, Netflix, Apple, Amazon, outside the country of the U.S., Shopify in Canada, Alibaba, you know, you got Tencent, um, you got Spotify. But realistically, you're thinking about other countries who have big companies. And I'm not talking about like oil companies like that. Or I'm not talking about banks. I'm talking about tech companies that are going to drive growth. All of them are from the States. 
well, not all of them, obviously, but most of them are from the States. And with that being the case, with these immense, huge businesses that are extremely scalable, a lot of money is going to drive into the States. And especially with the Fed backing their capital markets, like the States is so corrupt in a way, they're willing to let all of their lower middle class die if that means that the capital markets are going to be protected. And boy, does the other world see that. The rest of the world sees that. The rest of the world sees that the capital markets are the number one priority for the United States. They're not going to let these companies go down and they're not going to let people not get their 8 to 10% return. Matter of fact, if you look at what happened to the interest rates, literally they're near 0%. That means you can't put your money anywhere right now. If you put it in the bank, you're literally losing money to inflation. And, you know, some people can, you know, withdraw their money at stock markets. But rich people, rich people need to get investments. You know, okay, inflation is maybe 2% or maybe it goes up to 4% because they're printing up so much money. That extra 2% of inflation, if you have $10,000, okay. That's about $200, not the worst. You lost $200 for the purchasing power. If you have a billion dollars, that's $20 million lost in inflation. You see, these people cannot afford to just have their money in cash. So where's that going? To the most profitable market. And where's that? United States stocks. I think the United States is going to come out this recession or pandemic absolutely on fire, and it's going to do it on the back of their tech companies, because realistically, a lot of them are actually in better places to win. Yes, Facebook is going to make less off of ads, but guess what? Every company that used to advertise with your big TV providers, where are they going to spend those ad dollars? In the most effective place. All of a sudden, they don't have to honor long-term business partners, but now they can buy Facebook ads. And once they start getting results on Facebook more than with their TV commercials, guess what company's stock is going to go up? But that's just some food for thought. Are you also a bull in the market? Let me know. I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at FlyStew. And as always, the best, most brightest investors, they are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investors, they never stop learning. Remember, my fly, my uh, Twitter handle is at FlyStew. It's in the show notes. And as always, flight crew, we have to take off. I'll catch you in the next one.